Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. And whew, today, today is another day. There's been a lot going on in life. You know, the Delta variant is coming up. Um, so much is up. You know, I've been having all these different conversations with friends and and loved ones. And yeah, it just seems like people are going through a lot. A lot of a lot of stuff's coming up for the collective. And I could think of no better time than to have a conversation with today's guest. So Allison is an intimacy coach who supports men in building a deeper relationship to their bodies and sexuality through somatic healing and tantric-inspired intimacy practices. She's someone who I've had the honor and privilege to work with, and she's profoundly impacted my life. She's been there for me during a, a huge transition in my life. And that was part of the reason why I was so excited to bring her on. She's a certified love, sex, and relationship coach, and she's trained with masters. And she has a way of presenting herself, sharing her message that is extremely inspiring. And I am very excited to share her message with you today. So please stick around. I've learned more listening to podcasts than I learned in my two years of college. Right now is a great opportunity to leverage the power of voice. No one's going to be able to offer the world what you can. It took someone else that had a bigger vision than me to be able to show me the way. And so now that we're here, we can show others the way. What if you can do what you love to fight what you hate? Be on air. Powered by Podcast Farm. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Allison Cruz. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thanks for having me. I am beyond grateful to be here in this space with you. It, it's it's my honors all mine, privileges all mine. And thank you so much for making time. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier. And I know so I know today is just a potent day. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited that uh, we get to share a little bit about the work that you've been doing, the, the extraordinary depths that you've been diving. So I thought maybe we could just start with like, how are you feeling right now in this moment? Um, full transparency. I love living a transparent, authentic life. I am a little, um, I'm going to say excited. I think sometimes we humans misconstrue fear for excitement. And so I have like this little like bubbly kind of like fluttery feeling in my stomach right now, but only because I feel like, um, like the things that we will embark on and talking about today are much needed in our in our society, in our world. So I am excited to be here, um, maybe a little anxious, but overall just really happy to be in this space. Yeah, I relate to that, you know, because the 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 body kind of can tell when something big's happening, you know, and, and it can kind of share that energy through through nerves. So even as we were starting to record, I felt that nervous energy as well. And this isn't even live. Technically, it's it's almost live. It'll be live today. But I just thought that was a little funny. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here with you in this vulnerable moment of slight nerves and uh, embarking on this on this path. So mm-hmm. for my listeners, um, I thought we could maybe just briefly talk a little bit about the need for intimacy coaching. And then I have some other questions. I want to, I want to ask you about your experience as a child and um, grow and just like what growing up was like for you, but maybe you could talk a little bit about just what does an intimacy coach do just so that my listeners can kind of get a feel for, for what you're up to. Yeah. So uh, right now I currently only work with men um, and I support men with self intimacy So I truly believe that in order to have the deep kind of relational dynamics we crave as humans, 
we have to be able to have that deep relational connection to ourselves. And we as a society as a whole sever the connection to our body and we live in our heads. And um, this rings true so much for the masculine, the external, external masculine. They are in this constant state of doing rather than just allowing themselves to be, which is the connection to their body, their connection to, um, you know, more feminine characteristics, um, such as their connection to their body. And so I support men in coming back home to their bodies, building a deep relationship to their bodies, helping them feel empowered by their sexuality so they can show up more authentically in the world. And, um, hopefully more authentically with women, because that's the goal is for them to have a deep, profound relationship with their body and their sexuality. So then they can share that with a woman who they deeply care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, to give you listeners uh, an example of this, one of the things that uh, Allison has, has taught me, shared with me is this very, very simple practice of when you wake up in the morning, like just greeting your body with like a loving caress And it's not even inherently sexual. It's just so deeply loving and sort of reassuring and checking in and such a simple way to come back to body first thing in the morning, kind of going to to your idea of doing versus being. It's like I could get up and go do a whole bunch of stuff or I could just take a moment, lay there and kind of check in, you know, how's the body? Hello, body. What? Welcome, Mm -hmm. you know, waking it up. And that's that's definitely been really impactful. Mm, I'm so glad you've taken that and added it to your little morning routine. And it's such a little thing that you can do, you know, like I think we often forget about how much our bodies do for us. Like they go through so much. And if we can just, you know, give them a little love and compassion, like they will explode with happiness. Right. And so it's just about tuning in to our bodies a little bit more than yeah. Tells us to. And, you know, it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Right. And and it's it's definitely something that requires attention and discipline to to even give ourselves that that care. Um, how how did you how did you become you? Maybe you could start like what was growing up like for you? Um, so growing up was challenging for me, um, in terms of my relational dynamics with my family. So I am adopted. I was lucky enough to be adopted right when I was born into a family that really, really wanted me. And I, the youngest of four and my sister was also adopted. So we aren't blood related, but they adopt my family, adopted two little girls together and they had two older boys together. So they had biological children and they wanted two little girls to add to their family. So me and my sister were adopted. Um, but it was challenging. Um, I was very chaotic in, in my household. Um, my brothers were in and out of trouble with the law and, um, I was, um, I experienced some really intense things uh, as a child. I am very open about talking this on, on my pop platform. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And so I felt like I almost got lost in the shuffle um, growing up. I didn't really have great attachment to a secure attachment to either one of my caregivers. And so, you know, it caused me to kind of go inward and be secluded and shut down emotionally due to the trauma that I experienced and 
me not being seen as a child or the way that I wanted to be seen as as a child. Mm. And so um, growing up, I had this this rageful and revengeful type of, um, you know, sexual energy circulating within me because my power was taken from me as a young child. And so when I grew up and started having relationships with men, they weren't really authentic, to be honest. They were, how can I manipulate this man with my sexuality, with my sexual energy, get them to love me and fall in love with me when I had no intention of ever being with them, staying them with long term, run off and break their hearts and just throw them off to the side and never speak to them ever again. But it was because of you know, the power that was taken away from me as a kid, I was trying to gain that back uh, through my adult relationships. Um, and I also had this, this desire for intimacy, this, this deep desire for intimacy, but also fearing it because I didn't trust humans. I, how could I? They had hardened me so much in the past. And I had this deep wound of fear of abandonment. So I never really wanted to get close to anybody, even though it's something I desperately wanted. I didn't know how to go about doing it. And so, um, you know, through multiple breakups and through a lot of relating to men, um, I found the universe brought me this this beautiful man through um, divine guidance and you know, he really taught me about the idea of unconditional love. And he is someone that has uh, changed the trajectory of my life. Um, you know, long story short, we got into this beautiful relationship. Um, we triggered the shit out of each other. And, um, you know, some of my, my, my demons came to surface. A lot of my demons came to surface within that relationship. And um, I was always a person that had practiced non-consensual non-monogamy And so basically, in a nutshell, I like to use the term cheater. Um, I always stepped out of my relationships due to a wide variety of reasons. Um, But this man was one of the people that had actually caught me in the act of, you know, performing that transgression. And instead of leaving me, he chose to love me through it. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you. He knew everything about my past, knew everything about how I grew up and understood it was just a pattern of behavior that I was doing to um, self-sabotage the relationship. And so he loved me through it. Um, you know, but then after a couple months in my father passed away and we had been doing long distance and it just was really hard for him to, uh, maintain that level of trust. And so, you know, he ended the relationship and, you know, after that was when he ended that relationship, that's when I knew I needed to go on a journey of deep healing to heal my relationship to my father, because that was very tumultuous, but my father had passed away. And so after going on a bunch of healing retreats and diving deep into my healing, I I got this message from the universe, God's source that like men aren't the enemy that I don't need to be destroying the hearts of men in order to feel powerful. That that source of power comes from within and my connection, my authentic connection to my sexuality. So then how can I support men in feeling empowered by their sexuality? So they're not running around trying to take power away from, from women in terms of them, women expressing their sexuality, how they, how they deem appropriate for themselves. So that's kind of how I got into the space of being an intimacy coach um, and how I'm here today talking to you. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think there's this amazing 
part of reality where our deepest wounds and parts of ourselves that we almost feel like aren't even worth like not worth having or, or we don't want them can actually become our superpower it's and it seems almost impossible but then you know you, i think that you you're you're sharing a little bit about that journey and how a wound can kind of become your medicine that you share with others mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm hearing potentially people who are not there yet uh, and i know you work specifically with men but maybe even um, with women because i think it's fair to say that the majority of women who have experienced some sort of abuse in their life right after the me too movement it, it became clear it's not like it was anything new it just became a little bit more uh, apparent and so someone who's not even someone who's still very much in it i i'm anticipating this sort of like still holding on to some anger towards men and like what would you say to someone who who is feeling like yeah that's great but i'm not i'm not there to to love men right now so i just want to um be very clear with what you said. You kind of cut up, cut, cut out. I'm just being completely honest. Um, you're, you're asking, what would I say to um, a woman who may have experienced some kind of assault from at the hands of a man, and she's not ready to, for forgive, the external masculine for what has happened to her? Is that what you got you're it? You got it. Yeah. Um, I would just gently and lovingly remind them that that's okay. You know, like we all are on our own path of healing and self-discovery. And I never want to be um, push people into an area that they are just not ready for. But then again, I also want to encourage people like forgiveness um, doesn't let the other person off the hook. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free. So I forgave my perpetrators, the, the people who caused me a tremendous amount of pain when I was younger. I was able to find space and compassion in my heart, not to let them off the hook, but to set my soul free so I could experience freedom and liberation. Because um, like anger and resentment, that's just like, low vibrational energy and I don't want to be in that low vibrational energy. I want to be able to feel the depths of my freedom and that comes through forgiveness in my personal opinion. So it sounds like there's two parts. There's acceptance of where we're at and it's okay to be angry and and not healed or, or, you know, forgiveness may not be fully there. Mm -hmm. And then also it's a gift for ourselves, and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, remove the responsibility from a perpetrator, but it's almost a gift to our own life experience to work towards forgiveness. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't let somebody off the hook. It sets you, you free, you know, I think that's a hard people idea for people to grasp and understand because we want we want vengeance, right? We want we want that person to to suffer, but in reality, all we're doing is making ourselves suffer. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. um, it's it's not always easy in the moment when we're very triggered, and I think that's why your your advice of reminding ourselves that it's okay, like to accept the feeling that's now, but then also holding space for the possibility that it can shift and evolve into something else. And I'm sort of curious, like. Who were your most important friends 
growing up? Like who, who were those early imprints of, of maybe more like healthy intimacy and, and relationship? I was a lone wolf to be completely honest. Like I didn't really have a lot of friendships growing up um, throughout my childhood. Like I had one like close like friend that was a girl in my teens or in my um, elementary school days. And then I transitioned to a different school. And then I had another little girl that was, you know, semi close to me. um, And then we kind of like just drifted away. And then in high school, I had a couple of friends, um, but none that were like, it was just very surface level type of friendships. And um, I definitely attached myself to, it sounds really weird, but I attached myself to the men that I was seducing and being kind of like manipulative towards. Like I attached myself to them and they almost became like my best friend, even though on the back of my mind, I had no intention of ever like really being with them long-term. It was a kind of, it's kind of like this sadistic type of way of thinking, but I have to be real and honest with how I used to think and walk and behave in this world. And I now have so much compassion for myself looking back on how I used to behave because they're just a maladaptive coping mechanism that I, that I developed. But um, in all honesty, I didn't really have a lot of close friends um, growing up throughout my teens. And now I'm feeling very thankful that I have opened myself up to the love and depth of friendship that surrounds me. But it took me a while to trust men, women, any type of people, because um, both of my perpetrators were of the male and female descent when I was younger. So humans, I did not trust them at all. So it really makes sense. And um, it's unfortunate that that there wasn't more trusting trustworthy people and it sounds like later on in life you were able to to find that that community but i think you know at, at being an adopted child i'm curious like what would you want people to know because i i know that like i my former partner was also uh not adopted but she didn't know her father and mm-hmm. um it you know, it, sometimes the, that subject can be hard to approach, but you want to know, like, how does that make the person feel? So I'm curious, what would you like people to know uh, about, like, what would you want to, what would you want people to know about the, your experience of being adopted? What would you want the, the world to know? Yeah, I think um, adoption is very lonely for the adoptee. That's probably like the number one thing that I would love parents to know about their children that they are adopting. And I'm getting emotional because it was very lonely as a kid, even though I had a sister who was also going through the same experience as me. um, Like I was never given the proper like integration Mm -hmm. style of, of, of like relating to my new family, even though like I was adopted at birth, like I never knew my biological parents, but there's still this level of conversation, this level of tenderness, this level of um, awareness that needs to be bestowed upon parents who adopt children. 
that they are trying to figure it out, trying to figure out where they fit in the family, trying to figure out um, like their lineage, like where they came from culturally. Like I was just felt like I was just this floating person that didn't really have a settled identity. And that also impacted how I related to people because I didn't know exactly where I fit. I didn't know how to fit in. All of my peers had um, parents that were, you know, married and had siblings that were, you know, biological to them. And I had this like blended family that I didn't see a lot of my peers have, any of my peers have. So Mm. the number one thing that I definitely would tell parents is that your child is probably experiencing some level of of deep loneliness and and grieving, you know, Mm. grieving the, the, the idea of never meeting their biological parents ever. So that's really profound. And just to go a little farther into there, like what would, what would some, what, for anyone listening who's maybe considering adopting or it has adopted, like, is there any just further that you could speak to how to show up in that, with that loneliness and how to, how to maybe just support your child going through that? Yeah, I definitely think a lot of words of affirmation, um, uh, a lot of like, for me, I would have loved a lot of um, uh, physical touch. Um, I don't really remember my parents being very physically affectionate with me. Again, like you also want to respect your child's boundaries and asking them if touching them is okay. Like, I think that's very important as well. Asking your children, can I give you a hug or would you like a hug? You know, um, especially if you don't know, like uh, what kinds of things they've experienced prior to you them adopting them. But um, uh, a lot of words of affirmation, a lot of checking in. Right. And um, allowing space for them to ask questions, you know, like, do you have any questions about um, your biological parents or what are you thinking or what are you feeling? I would love for you to to share with me so I can support you, you know, asking those questions would, would have really supported me in feeling safe and seen by, um, you know, the family that adopted me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's making me kind of think that in a way we have to adopt our own inner child at some point in our life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really easy to just kind of neglect that task until we get really triggered in a relationship or something, right? Something comes up to, to kind of make it uh, impossible to ignore. And it's almost like we have to be that, that uh, you know, f- that parent for our inner child who is like checking in and, and um, everything you just mentioned. And that, you know, so going back to obviously we've worked together and you've helped me out with some just extraordinary inner child work. And it it was something I'd been familiar with before, but the practices and and techniques that you shared with me were really potent. And it sounds like uh, that is something that you experienced firsthand, but then you you also had to reparent your inner child and bring that forward and, and help hold and contain the the little one inside. And I'm wondering if you could maybe speak to that work because it's something that is very easy to neglect and to kind of shove off. Oh, don't be weak. Don't cry. Don't all these things, especially for men. So now speaking directly to men, which is who you serve, you know, we, 
we're almost ashamed of the little little kid inside, right? We think that it won't get us the love and relationship that we need. And so I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, inner child healing, excuse me, and inner child work has been probably the foundational piece that has supported me in my evolution. Um, I don't think a lot of us realize how much our inner child is dictating every little thing that we're doing, especially in our sexual dynamics and in our relational dynamics. We don't realize that we revert to a certain age whenever we are triggered in relational dynamics. And so having that um, awareness and being able to self reparent our inner child and Um, being both mom and dad, right? Like having the masculine energy within us, having the feminine energy within us and having those energies come into union to be parents to our inner little light is so paramount in experiencing um, wholeness, you know, and experiencing deep relational dynamics with ourselves and with others. And for men, you know, I think it's, it's, not really socially acceptable right now for men to do like inner child healing work. You know, I think definitely women are paving the way in terms of, of, of having that relational dynamic with themselves internally, but inner child work is definitely a foundational piece in terms of when I work with men with their sexuality, um, because you have to create, have create a, your inner child needs to feel safe in order for your adult self to be able to express in its fullest expression. And I don't think a lot of people realize that um, your inner child is running the show most of the time. We just have to bring conscious awareness to that so we can self-soothe, we can self-regulate our nervous system, uh, so we can show up as our conscious adult selves in the external world. Yes. Yes. No, totally. And I mean, I'm, I'm hearing different, different voices of, of sort of the archetypal toxic masculine kind of coming up in my own brain of like, Oh, don't be a pansy or don't be weak. Like there's this, this miss. It's totally bogus notion that somehow doing this work is weak. But like you said, most people aren't aware of how much their inner child's actually running the show. So it's not actually helping not to address it. And it's really easy to see if you watch any sort of ego battle. So guys will get, uh, well, I love, I love this. Once I realized this, this really changed all my conflicts, which is like when men are afraid, we posture. We put like the whole puff up the chest thing. When men are afraid, we posture, we threaten, we, we like, it's a, it's a fear response because the inner child's activated. The person that you really need to be worried about is someone who doesn't do that because they're cool, calm and collected. And who, you know, like if you're talking about being uh, at, at some bar on, you know, in Austin here, uh, Dirty Six, you gotta be careful for the quiet ones. But people who are really loud and, and rambunctious and kind of posturing like that, it's really the inner child kind of going crazy and, and feeling a little, well, or a lot afraid, right? Mm-hmm. And so what what is the I, I well first of all i think having women like you pave the way lead the way and also hold space and witness us as we're experiencing that and kind of having that safe container and also it is a form of external validation but it feels really important it feels really important to be witnessed by the feminine in our weak parts or in our 
unevolved parts or in our dark parts and to still be accepted. And that can be so nourishing. So like in my childhood, there's a couple experiences that really shut down certain aspects of myself, just total shame when I was like three or four. And um, probably like talking about those with you and getting into some of that stuff. It, I mean, it was like, I didn't even know the load I had been carrying around my whole life. It was kind of crazy that I had somehow managed to hold that my entire life. And it did feel like releasing it. And so I wonder like, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, like with the men that you work with, is that a, is that a pattern that you see? Or maybe you could speak about like kind of what you're seeing uh, generalized uh, amongst the men that you serve. So I'm seeing a lot of suppression um, with the men that come into my energetic field, like the suppression of anger, the suppression of anything dark, right? Like we put it, we put it over here because they've either seen firsthand how, um, masculinity has been dangerous usually by the hands of their father, how their father has treated their mother. So they don't want anything to do with that. They don't want to be angry. They don't want to be revengeful. They don't want anything to do with dark. And so they suppress it, but that's not doing anything for their, for their love life, for their sex life, um, for how they relate to women, right? Men who aren't stepping into their, their masculinity and their power usually is because they're suppressing um, their inner child who was screaming to be let out and to throw an adult temper tantrum. Right. So like if we could all just, if men could just all give themselves permission to tap into their anger, right. Cause they have to be, you have to be angry when you see, you know, your father, whoever your parental figure is, um, abusing your mother, right? Like that has to cause some some type of intrinsic response of you wanting to protect your mother, right? Because the mother is the ultimate goddess when you're a little boy. Like she can do no wrong. You, she's your your source of life. And to see um, harm caused to her as a little boy will cause you to feel anger. And so. I support men and in tapping into that, that anger and that, that, that idea that it's okay to be angry, right? It's okay to tap into that, that dark, those darker emotions that um, society tells you that it's not okay to tap into, right. but those need to be tapped into in order for a man to step into his full sovereignty and his full power. And those need to be tapped into so they don't come out sideways in the long run because the more you suppress the heavier and more constricted and more heavy your body will feel and the more likely it will come out in different areas of your life either relating to a woman either in the bedroom or something and so those those the the that that emotion that you're suppressing like i said just needs an outlet to be expressed yeah so it's interesting. The antidote is often next to the poison, right? So we have this negative role model of, of like the violent father the, and, and the anger that we feel, we kind of relate it to that. And then we don't want to go near it, mm-hmm. but it's coincidentally the it'll come out anyway in mm-hmm. negative ways. And the solution is actually to go into the anger and maybe express that healthily. Right. So it's like the antidote's right there next to the, the thing that we're trying to avoid. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that either, right? Like in order to um, move energy, right? Because uh, emotions are energy in motion. In order to move that, you have to feel it, you know? Why does your body feel so tired or tense or or rigid or why is your jaw always clenched or or something like that? It's because there's stuck energy in your body that needs to be expressed that has been suppressed in there from years and years and years of never releasing it. Right. Like if you were told as a kid to not to not be angry or not to throw a temper tantrum and you're you're you got punished for having outbursts, your body gets stuck in that that cycle of constriction. And so it's important for us to be able to allow that energy to move in a conscious way. So it doesn't come out in a way that we don't want it to come out. I I was going to ask you too, about the importance that like, why is it important to tune into the body? And I think you just explained it. And it, it goes back to the, how we started this conversation, right? It's like doing and being, there's so much to do just being, we don't actually have to go do a lot to to make progress and to evolve ourselves in this life. Um, it, we can actually be quite still and not do a lot and actually get a lot done. And mm-hmm. you know, are are you encountering resistance from men, or are you encountering that actually we're all ready for this? Like, I'm curious. Um, I'm actually encountering like honestly, I'm encountering men who are who are ready for it. But, um, like at the depths of which I feel like they can go, that's where I feel the resistance. Like I can, I have this innate ability. I feel like sometimes to like laser cut and see right through where a man needs the most (laughs) healing. And, you know, when I bring up the idea, it's always like, no, 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 I don't, I don't have, that's not what's wrong with me. Mm, And I just have to patiently realize that like, they'll come to their own terms and it'll come up again and again. And they'll, they'll realize that that's the avenue that needs, they need to go down. But that's where I meet resistance when I can laser in on where and see through a man and where, where, you know, the most healing would be beneficial for them. And they have resistance when I, when I bring it to light. You know, why, why do you think we have resistance? Um, I think it's a fear of, and I was right there, right there with all the men who have resistance towards it. It's a fear of going there and not returning. Mm-hmm. That is where I personally met a lot of my resistance in my healing journey. Like if I fully went into my darkness, if I fully went into my dark feminine energy, my dark masculine energy, I would be consumed and I would need to be locked away. I would need some kind of medication, some kind of tranquilizer, some kind of something to not um, be consumed by this dark energy. And I think that's, I think that's where it stems from is fear, fear of going in there and not being able to return. I mean, I think you just said that perfectly. I totally relate to that. And mm-hmm. I have that fear. So what's what what is is that true? Is it possible that we can become engulfed by our shadow? Uh, and or, or not even our shadow, but just like the dark parts? Or do you feel that going into it, 
gives us um, more room to go in and out and, and use more of our energy. Yeah, I definitely feel just as just speaking from personal experience that like, I definitely feel the more we are able to express and experience our darkness, um, the more whole and complete we become as humans, you know, like I've never come across anybody who um, has done healing work and gone into the depths of their darkness and has been in, engulfed by it. Yes, you have can be engulfed by it for, you know, a certain amount of time, but there is always a light. Like when you, when you are able to go into your darkness, I feel like it holds less of a charge for, for the person. Like as long as you like put it in a corner in the dark garage, you, you don't access it. You don't um, give any attention to it. That's when it like, it stirs and stirs and stirs and stirs. But once you like open the garage door take a flashlight, you go in there, the less, the less charge it it holds. So um, to circle back to your question in terms of, I don't really remember what your question was, if I'm being honest, but um, I feel like the way to feel integrated and less fragmented in our psyche is to take a flashlight and travel the depths of our darkness. It sounds like taboo taboos right like taboos are those things that we are i mean the shadow as young would say is like that which we're unwilling to accept about ourselves, unwilling to look at and so society has agreements some which are great and important and vital and then it also has these sort of um hang-ups that are mm-hmm. that are maybe blocking actual evolution and growth right they're they're blocking conversations and uh, one of the reasons why I feel like we get along so well is that we we can both talk about s- these things and know that there's zero judgment. And that's that's a that's something really special that you provide for all of your clients is you you sort of you give this really safe non-judgmental container and that alone moves so much. It just it the the feeling of that um that acceptance is really extraordinary and the ta- the taboos you know, it's like they're unmentionable, they're unspeakable. We don't talk about those things. People right. look at you like you're a crazy person, like you need to be locked up. But if we're not even willing to have the conversation, there's there's, there's just so many men, mm-hmm. perpetrators, right? Mm-hmm. Who people want, like if you listen to most podcasts about the, the worst kind of people, like the, the gut reaction is to kill them, right? right. That's what people want to do with the worst kinds of people. They want to kill them. And there's a spectrum you know, maybe it's like locking them up and stuff, but it, it's a it's a really interesting question because it's not actually fixing the problem to not talk about these things, and it's not it's pretty shadowy actually if you think about it. That gut instinct to just kill the the thing you don't like that is actually the same energy. So I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, you're you're curious about what I think uh, about talk talking about taboo subjects, talking about talking like, about taboo subjects and also the, the desire to kind of ex- extinguish the most dark people in our society. Yeah. Right. They're the scapegoat. They're the, they're the container of the dark energy. It's not in me. It's in them. And I want to kill them. 
Yeah. So, so my, my thing is, is like those people or our governmental system that wants to um, lock away, wants to exile, wants to kill off um, the men who do heinous acts, right? To me, that is a reflection of how they don't accept the darkness within them. And so they want to kill off, lock away, disregard all the men who have done um, crimes because they don't want to face their own, their own darkness. And so um, I just have this level and depth of compassion for, for people who, you know, are locked away, who, who are on death row, who have done, um, you know, some crimes that they aren't necessarily proud of. And I have this world view that those people or people who have committed, um, some heinous crimes, and this may be very controversial, but I just feel like it's not their fault. You know, like we, we have this, these, these bodies that experience years and thousands and thousands of years of trauma that we come into this life with. Um, Intergenerational trauma is a real thing. And that shit gets imprinted in our nervous system before we are even born. Mm -hmm. And so we come into this world with imprints from our parents, from our parents' parents, and from a depth of lineage that we aren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. And so when we come into this world and we have those codes, we become um, magnets for life experiences. So um, I don't know if what I'm making is making sense, but we become magnet for life experiences. And so when a person comes into this life with a code of um, like, like uh, sexual assault or molestation or, uh, or um, their mother was raped or something like that, that code gets imprinted in their nervous system. And so then they attract experiences to them that um, will uh, get these codes to come up to the surface. And so they are just repeating a pattern uh, that was done to either them or to their mother or to their father or to their grandmother or to their grandfather. And we don't take that into account when we, when we sentence, um, or when we sentence men or any people for crimes that they've committed, uh, especially around sexuality and, and all that stuff. And so I have a, this level of depth of compassion for, for all the men out there who, um, you know, are, are serving time for crimes that, you know, they necessarily didn't have any control over because it's just in their biological DNA and in their nervous system. So, yeah, it, it's a super edgy topic. I can, I can anticipate people having all sorts of feelings and, and that's totally accepted and welcome here. And I, I hope that anyone listening um, can, can feel 
the spaciousness that we're trying to bring to this conversation, because if we're not able to have these kinds of conversations, then what has been happening just keeps going. So I, I and and a hundred percent, this generational trauma is is becoming way more and more publicized and and well known, and I think people are getting more of a vocabulary around it. Um, but you know, the the ancient Vedas talked about karma, right? And karma, sometimes people think of it as just this like mystical thing. But what what more specific proof of karma than like genes and ancestral trauma, right? So if we're really living out the you know, the, the genetic material that's in our bodies from our, our ancestors, then, you know, it's up to us to choose new ways of being now. And the only way to do that is to make sense out of this and to gather intelligence. And the only way to do that is to have these kinds of conversations. So it's super valuable and, and it's edgy, but that's great. And, and I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're willing to come on here and speak about this with me. And so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, for for the listener right now, uh, specifically men too, like, what what are some things that that we can do today to make some progress, to do something? <laughs> How can we be today to do more? Uh, if does that make sense? Like, what's something that that the man or woman listening could implement to start to work with this energy? Um, I would definitely just start to become really aware of your own behavior in relational dynamics, even around your parents. Like, let's say um, you're in a relationship or you're talking to somebody or you're interacting with your parents and you notice yourself becoming emotional, whatever emotion that may be, sadness, anger, grief whatever, just notice the the situation, bring awareness to how you're feeling in your body. If you want to name the sensations, that would be great. Um, but we're not really taught about how to sensationally name what's going on in our body. And just try to figure out what in this moment is causing me to feel this way and try to put words to it. Like, is it because you're not feeling seen, you're not feeling heard, you're not feeling, you feel like your boundaries have been violated. And then you want to begin to notice, well, where, what happened, where does that closely tie to what happened to me in childhood, right? So you want to begin to notice how you are responding to and reacting to people in your external world, because that'll give you a clue as to where your deepest healing will need to come from. Yeah, really, really great practical things to to do. So if I'm understanding correctly, become aware of when I'm triggered, when I'm activated and get curious and kind of go into it and start asking myself questions about where it came from. When did I feel it before? Where am I feeling it? How does it feel like really being with the sensation? Uh, And and I would add like I'm not hearing that there's any goal to change it. It's like it's sort of this accepting acceptance feeling. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. So I just didn't provide any information in terms of how to change it. But like I would just start like um, just tracking it. And I would also definitely implement you or somebody seeking outside support. You know, like I think a lot of men have this lone wolf kind of like mentality and I not a judgment. I was right there with you. I was, I was very lone wolf 
esque throughout <laughs> my twenties, throughout my teens, because um, I didn't trust people. And so, if you grew up in a chaotic household where you didn't necessarily get the love and attention that you felt like you desired as a child from your parents, it will be hard for you to trust people. I definitely have so much empathy and compassion for where you're at. But just extending an olive branch out to somebody and saying, I need support and I need help. This is what I'm dealing with. Um, that will open so many doors and opportunities for you because you're saying yes to your healing. And when you say yes to healing, God listens to you and mm -hmm. God will provide any and all resources that you may need, financial um, guides, gurus, whatever you are looking for, they will come to you without you even needing to um, really go looking for them. But you just got to say yes and extend an olive branch out to to yourself um, so you can start breaking these patterns that are occurring over and over and over again. Mm. So what what could what could someone expect? What is it like working with you? Could you paint us a picture of of what someone kind of coming into your program might expect? Yeah. So um, right now I'm just I'm creating a program surrounding um, like sexual shadow work. Um, it's something that I feel like is deeply needed right now in our society, and so. Working with me looks like somatically working with your body. So figuring out where in your body you're feeling discomfort, fear, or resistance um, in stepping into the man you want to become or feeling discomfort, feel and fear and resistance and in stepping into the relationship that you desire either with yourself or with others or experiencing the kind of sex life that you want to experience. So I uh, support men by... Um, taking them in through a meditative process usually that involves a five sense reality meditation. And we open up a dialogue with your body You figure out where you're feeling discomfort, fear, resistance in your body. And we open up a dialogue with that body part so you can feel integrated uh, with your body and begin to learn how these memories that you may have experienced get stored in your body and are causing the fear, that are causing the discomfort, that are causing um, the resistance into experiencing what you ultimately desire. So it's a lot of like somatic work, um, getting in touch with your body. There's also a lot of um, like inner child healing is definitely something that we work on. Um, repair, being able to reparent our, ourselves and our nervous systems, um, looking at shadowy aspects of our psyche. So really giving men the space to explore um, the depths of their darkness without judgment and really being able to see your darkness and having your divine masculine energy come in and loving that dark aspect that you feel like is unlovable. Because when you have this divine masculine energy that can support you in loving your darkness, that's when I feel like you can feel integrated and and feel as if, um, I don't know if I can say the word penis on here or not, but um, uh, that's when I feel like you as a man can become medicine for the feminine because you have integrated, you know, the darker aspects of your psyche and they're no longer 
rumiating in the back of, of your mind and your body and your energy and, and your cock can become, can become ultimately become medicine to help support the feminine heal and healing her relationship to the masculine. So, yeah. It's one, one of the, one of the reasons I love you, Allison is, is your fierce devotion to, to, really honoring men and manhood. Right. And I think that that is really healing and important, especially in a time where a lot of us can feel like masculinity is bad somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm also thinking about the women listening who are wondering how to support their man and their men in their life. And maybe they're romantic with them. Maybe they're just friends. But if, if a woman's listening and they, they're like, Oh yeah, I definitely have some men who, who are going through this stuff, what's, what's a way that women can show up to support us so that we can in turn support them? You know, like what, what's a collaboration that can happen here? Yeah, I definitely think we as women need to go on our own journey and healing our own relationship to the the masculine, like healing our relationship to our daddy, right? Like are, we, we have a lot of daddy issues floating around and, um, learning how to not to project our shit on our, on our beloved, on our partner, on our lover. Um, and having being able to also cultivate a deep level of compassion for the men, the men that are sitting in front of us, um, trying to become aware of just how, um, much they have had to suppress over time. And yes, this does not take away from the feminine aspect of being suppressed. I have, I have deep reverence for the feminine energy that lives within me and deep reverence for, for how long we, the feminine as a collective have been suppressed, but trying to um, have a deep reverence for the masculine and trying to show up for us and trusting that they will. Mm. I think that's a really big piece is, cultivating compassion and empathy for the amount of shit that men have to suppress because it's not socially acceptable. And then trusting that the men will show up in, in the way that we want them to when they are ready, you know, and not being pushy and not being shovey, but, you know, setting an example of going on your own journey and then being the light and then perking up because I feel like that's what a lot of men do they see men they see women their brightness their light and they're like I want that how do I how do I get at the level of capacity to be the man that she desires right Mm because I feel like women a lot of times are the initiators right we we are the lighthouse that guide the sailors that guide everybody home so they can then become curious about like their own healing and so just continuing, continuing to be that, that lighthouse for, for the man and, um, you know, continuing to develop compassion, empathy and, and trust. Yeah. Well said. It's, it's like the, the feminine radiance, right? That, that energy that everyone feels women, men, non-gender binary mm-hmm. folk, like they, you can feel that energy, that radiance. And, um, it's definitely a, a propellant and incentivizer like motivation it's motivation to grow and not be a lazy slob <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well said 
so, you know, as we're getting towards the end of this interview, it's been so awesome having you on and sharing a little bit about your work. First of all, where can people connect with you best? Yeah, so my main only source of, of connection with people right now is via Instagram. So you can connect with me on IG. My Instagram handle is intimacy underscore with underscore Allison. And I do um, all my posts and I try to reply to as many direct messages as possible. And that's where people can can come and tune into my transmission. Yeah. And, you know, as a first firsthand experience with it, your your coaching practice, your methodology, your presence, your way of being is really extraordinary and it's really nourishing and supportive. And you came into my life at the perfect time, helped me get through some really, really, really big challenges. And so I cannot recommend uh, enough uh, gentlemen out there. Uh, please go follow Allison on Instagram and at least check out her freebies online. She has some a cool quiz and uh, is it a worksheet? You have an, a worksheet as well or workbook? Is that right? Yeah. So I have a sensual self-pleasure starter kit for men. So it supports them in it's four guided meditations that men can partake in and they're buildable. So supporting them in connecting sensationally to their body, supporting them in connecting to their divine masculine lingam which is the power in between your legs and it's a really beautiful eight page workbook that men can use to support them in in building a like sensual relationship to their body mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so definitely go check that out and if you get the opportunity to work with allison you will not regret it uh you you really you really support your clients in becoming the fullest version of themselves and the relief that can be felt of just being accepted and seen can do really extraordinary things in your life. So highly mm -hmm. recommend that. And yeah, as we, as we wind down here, I want to just open up this space for you to share any final thoughts with, with, uh, with the world. <laughs> with the world. Oh man, I am. Why do I want to share? I just really want to share how much I truly appreciate and love the men of this, this world. Um, my heart explodes with love for you and the level of compassion I have for you is just, oh, if I talk about it a lot, it'll just bring me to tears. But I truly believe that when we can heal our relationship to our sexuality, especially the men out there and are able to bring consciousness to uh, male sexuality by um, exploring the darker aspects of our psyche and our sexuality, we can begin to heal the world because the, the sexual energy, the dark sexual energy is one of the deepest wounds the collective is experiencing right now. And if we can begin to not shy away from going into those darker aspects, we can begin to see a real transformation in our, in our society and in our world. So, yeah. Thank you so much for making time to come on the show, Allison. It has been wonderful having you. I'm sure we'll have you back. Talk. There's so much to talk about. Uh, please go give her a follow, intimacy underscore with underscore Allison on Instagram. Check out the amazing work that this incredible woman is doing. And all dear listeners, thank you so much for tuning around. I know this was a extra spicy episode, heavy episode, 
always important to bring my favorite people to you. So I appreciate you sticking around and listening. And if you are interested in uh, having your own show where you get to interview your favorite people, please consider booking a strategy session with me online at podcast-farm.com. And we can talk about the messages that you are trying to amplify. Uh, I believe that if we simply talk about the things that we love the most and the people we love the most, that extraordinary change is possible in our life. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Be On Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your mic and broadcasting your message to the world. Are you ready to start your own podcast and amplify your brand? Or are you struggling to get your show in front of engaged audiences? I can help you on your broadcasting journey. Get in touch with me and apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. I'm on all the social media. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks. Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air. We have this rare opportunity right now. There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated, we turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love.